Today's show is brought to you by Pride of Bristol Bay, where you can get truly sustainable, high-quality, nutritious Alaskan sockeye salmon delivered right to your door. Pride of Bristol Bay's wild salmon is sustainably harvested in the pristine waters of Bristol Bay, Alaska. Their focused team of fishermen are committed to the highest quality and handling standards at the point of harvest, creating the unsurpassed quality and flavor you'll find in every one of their wild sockeye fillets and portions. Each case of their wild salmon is labeled with the name of the Bristol Bay Fishing District in which the salmon was harvested. It's the ultimate in traceability. Boxes of supremely fresh frozen fillets and portions of the highest quality salmon are delivered to your door, skin on and already deboned. It is hands down the best salmon I've ever enjoyed. You can learn more about Pride of Bristol Bay and support their important work by ordering your first box of frozen salmon by visiting their website over at prideofbristolbay.com. And for the month of October, make sure you submit the discount code FEDANDFIT. That's one word, all lowercase, at checkout. Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit podcast. I cannot tell you how much I was looking forward to, still am looking forward to it because it hasn't exactly happened yet, today's uh, interview. I have invited Brianna Battles to come on to today's show. You can find her if you're sitting at your computer and you want to get a head start on Googling. She's at briannabattles.com. Uh, but she has, I'll briefly tell you a little bit about her and then I'll ask her to tell more about her. Uh, but she has worked in the strength, conditioning, and wellness industry for years and has coached at various levels. She is the owner of Everyday Battle Strength and Conditioning, which is located in Thousand Oaks, California. She coaches a variety of people from high-level athletes to lifestyle fitness population, both in person and online. Her specialty, however, which is why I think I was especially excited to invite her on, is coaching pregnant and postpartum athletes powerlifting to mommy boot camp goers to high level competitors. I'm so excited about today's conversation, Brianna. I've been following you online for a while, fangirling, and uh, it's just an honor to have you on the show today. Welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you and uh, whoever like listens in on this. Sounds like <laughs> a great opportunity. Yeah, they are. It's a group of, let's see, we love to geek out over science to tell you a little bit about our Fed and Fit podcast audience. <laughs> we, love, uh, we love to geek out. We love mindset pieces and, um, and overall wellness. So you're a perfect fit. And I know that there's a lot of, whether they're currently pregnant, postpartum, wanting to get pregnant, or just wanting to be in this conversation, maybe they're healthcare coaches, or maybe they're nutritionists that are listening that are wondering better way, or maybe they're uh, fitness coaches wanting ways to better support their clients and their uh, athletes. I really feel like everyone's going to be able to take something from today's conversation. So if you don't mind, I told such a tiny little tidbit of what you do, but if you could share a little bit more about your business, your, um, your background, what led you to this point and uh, what you really enjoy most about, most about your work. Um, well, I've been working in the strength and conditioning, I guess, industry for about 10 years and um, in all different forms from like corporate wellness and personal training to collegiate athletics. And then after having um, my son Cade four years ago, I realized that there just was not a lot of quality information and guidance 
supporting um, moms training through their pregnancy and then making a quality return to sustainable fitness postpartum. And because I was in the CrossFit and strength and conditioning, um, I guess, field, or like that was my interest, um, there really wasn't a lot of great information for that kind of athletic mom, so to speak, um, because we were just told, listen to your body and do what you've always done. And um, that was pretty much it. And the whole focus oftentimes is, is this safe and healthy for the baby? And that leaves moms getting forgotten about um, in a lot of different ways in self-care, in I'm sure as you'll be touching on, like in their nutrition and, and health, but also um, in just healing their body and knowing how to reintegrate into fitness um, and then how to decrease chances of um, injuries and dysfunction during pregnancy. Um, and so I knew that I needed to expand my, I guess, my efforts in coaching to be able to better understand uh, this population because I was now part of that population and wanting to heal um, my diastasis recti and um, just connecting with other women that were also athletes and hearing from them about how misguided they felt they were because they just followed like a sort of typical CrossFit mom sort of approach to training and then were injured or um, their mindset of like wanting to hold on so badly to what their lifestyle was prior to getting pregnant um, and then trying to be in quest for like their body back postpartum and all of these things were just sort of missing the bigger picture of what it means to have a fit and healthy pregnancy and then make a quality sustainable return postpartum where not just the baby is healthy and happy but mom is too and so I do try to really bridge the gap and the messaging and the education, um, not just for athletes and women in my community, but also um, for the coaches that are that have the most reach with this population. So I've really tried to um, not just coach my community, but do a lot online with creating some online courses, um, both for athletes and one I recently launched, which is for coaches to be able to really understand all the different considerations required for best serving um, women during this chapter of their athleticism. Awesome. Wow. That's, that's <laughs> what so, a rant. Oh my I gosh. Took, I took so <laughs> many notes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's wonderful. How long ago did you launch the coaches program? Um, like three or four months ago. So it's still pretty new. Um, but it was just, it, it's like my, my, my other baby, you know, like mm -hmm. <laughs> it was such a huge heart project trying to figure out how I could best spread more awareness and education. And that was by, you know, reaching out to my fellow peers in this industry, because then their reach is going to be, you know, so much greater um, because they'll be working with women in their CrossFit gym or personal training or in their yoga studio. Um, or if they're physical therapists, they'll be helping women return to the kind of, um, you know, athletic goals that they have, whether that's running a marathon or going back to CrossFit or just, you know, doing like working with their personal trainer, they'll, they just have somebody in their corner, you know, like I really want 
there to be more resources for women so that no one has to go through what I did, which was searching continually for um, someone who could help me, um, help me heal and help me feel like um, there was support. Yeah. You know, and even when I started working out and I, you know, you think that, and there's probably other practitioners listening here who may feel this way as well, but before I was pregnant, I thought that I had a pretty good idea of the, of how I could anticipate the questions I would have maybe and the concerns I would have in terms of working out. Now I'm in my second trimester. So there's a, it's different. It's noticeably different. You know, the actual mechanics and build of my body is different. And when it comes to physical fitness, um, and there really isn't a whole lot of support out there. It's not quite as intuitive as I thought that it would be. And which is another reason why I really wanted to invite you onto the show today to share some of your expertise with listeners. Um, but it's interesting. I think that's a wonderful uh, need that you're fulfilling by offering the coaches program, you know, teaching the teachers so that they can help support their clients and athletes. Going to the gym, I have a wonderful gym and there's a lot of moms there, you know, that who have been through it. But at the end of the day, I think that a lot of us really want to know the whys, you know, it's not just a workout and if you feel okay, um, kind of advice and guidance. We want a little bit more. So that's really wonderful. I would love it if we could start off talking about the mindset of pregnancy. You mentioned that already, but going into, let's say you find out that you are going to have a baby and it's so exciting. And, but there's, there is a distinct mindset shift that happens. And I talked with a reverse interviewer that had come on the show recently, and I encourage you guys to go and look, look that up. We talked about the first trimester mindset um, pieces. That's some of the things that were involved there, but what do you see as some of the biggest mindset challenges for whether your clients or the clients of the coaches that you're now teaching? Um, what's the biggest challenge folks have had to overcome? And do you have any, if there's anything you could tell somebody ahead of time to help them anticipate some of those hurdles, what would that be? Right. I have a sentiment that I come back to a lot is that pregnancy is temporary and postpartum is forever. Oh, I love that. <laughs> So really like honing in on that mantra when perhaps a woman feels really discouraged by, um, by her body changing because we do live in a very aesthetic driven society where, I mean, people are continually trying to lose weight and go on different diets and they're very consumed with how we appear and how we're showing up online and like all these different considerations. like you know, we were just really conditioned to be very focused on being smaller. And so I think um, pregnancy rages against all of that. Like, and you can't control it. Like if you mm -hmm. want to be a mother and you're, and you are pregnant, there is no controlling the fact that your body is going to change and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. And in fact, trying to control it is actually not healthy for you or for the baby, you know, mm -hmm. and it's crazy the different avenues I've now stumbled down by working with so many different women, but um, I've seen, and myself too, and I just had my second baby. So I'm also in this you know, mindset of was trying to hold on to a sacred mindset when I was pregnant the second time. Um, it's just knowing how destructive it can be to um, hate how you look. Mm -hmm. And you, cause you feel guilty about that. You don't want to, 
hate it because you know that you're doing something that's, you know, beautiful and we can't take that for granted. Um, but it is still hard when we're just super conditioned to, um, to like not want to gain weight and to not see our body change. And so, and then being really paranoid about, oh my gosh, what does this mean? I'm going to look like postpartum. And we get so preoccupied with stretch marks and pounds on the scale that we really forget about the much bigger picture of what's happening. So, um, so I do try to remind all my athletes that this is just a temporary phase and what we do now will have a direct um, impact on how we recover postpartum. And that includes how we mentally approach this chapter. If we're spending it obsessing and trying to control, then that's going to carry over into postpartum. And when you are trying to figure out motherhood, whether it's as a first time mom or a mom of five, that can be really a detrimental mindset to have going into this next transition. That's beautifully put. I love it. And you know, it's, I also think that um, going into being pregnant with a humble attitude in the sense, I, I, have, I have not thought, I thought I'd mentally overcome, right? Really healed myself from negative self-talk. And had spent had done that at least for seven years. Really felt like I had arrived at a solid state, a solid mindset. With the migraines that I had in my first trimester, and and then I was joking. I mean, I just my my body it it and I know this as a practitioner. What's going on? My body is going. I'm putting on water. I'm going to put on fat and all these other wonderful things in order to support human life. And it just brought up this old haunt speaking to what you're saying. And I think that knowing that that would have been a component going in almost would have helped me to say, I can anticipate this and work through it and remember the bigger picture instead of like you're saying, feeling guilty about feeling this way, in addition to wanting to focus on the miracle of what's going on and what your body is doing. It was interesting. And, and, and mostly it came from the expectation of how you carry a baby or at least right. that's, that's what I was told by acquaintances is all these expectations of how they thought I would carry a baby. And, right. and it's so interesting because I had no expectations of how I was going to carry a baby, but for whatever reason, all of a sudden, now that I'm pregnant, the shape of my body becomes a topic of conversation. It, right. And, and it hadn't been before. And so that was something new that I had to deal with. And I think that just knowing ahead of time that, um, you know, to, to just anticipate it in general kind of help, or at least for me, what helps me think about how I can really overcome that. Oh, absolutely. And it is hard because we, like you're right, it does kind of, for a lot of us, and whether we've whether somebody has struggled or not, we're all aware, like mm -hmm. we're all aware of like different insecurities and sometimes seeing your body change or being commented on or um, like in, in my circle of like, I guess, athleticism, it's like, well, how fit can you look while being pregnant? And mm -hmm. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like we're not trying to maintain a small belly. Like there's not a whole lot that we can do. And there's no, there's no like gold star or badge of honor for having um, a super fit pregnancy. Like we're all just trying to do our best, but it's funny, like what ends up getting glorified when we really are missing what's actually important, which is, you know, getting through pregnancy, but also like having a healthy 
mindset because again that's what's going to carry on into our transition in the motherhood and i see way too many women struggle because of how distracted they are by their body which there's just not a whole lot that we can control and that's okay mm -hmm. <laughs> i love that go with it it's such a freeing perspective um, to, to think about it that way. That's wonderful. So now I'd love to dive in, if you don't mind sharing a little bit of maybe some of the basic advice you would give um, pregnancy, preparing for postpartum kind of 101 when it comes to functional fitness, you know, and I know that this would vary based on the client and you're talking to, you have, you have no idea who's out there listening. Right. Um, but, you know, are there any just kind of uh, sweeping general pieces of advice that you like to remind folks of when it comes to what they're actually practicing? Absolutely. I think the, the number one piece of advice for both pregnancy and postpartum is that our lifestyle habits are the foundation for what's going to keep us healthiest as far as um, you know, keeping our baby healthy and us healthy, like just walking and moving and trying to be like, uh, what's the, like just sort of like unintentional with our movement and fitness like mm -hmm. going to the gym five days a week doesn't have to be what constitutes being healthy and active like we can have sort of like active lifestyles without necessarily trying to keep up with um, going to the gym all the time when you're pregnant when you're maybe really tired or trying to get back to it right away postpartum what we do in our daily life actually matters most so with that um, learning a strategy that's going to be sustainable for pregnancy with your body and postpartum. And what I mean by strategy is, um, I was, um, is to learn uh, piston breathing, which mm -hmm. is something um, that Julie Weed taught me. I was able to mentor under her, but um, this will help decrease, not prevent, we can't ever say prevent, but It'll help decrease the severity of symptoms that a lot of women experience either during pregnancy and definitely in the postpartum chapter. And so symptoms can be incontinence, which is like leaking, like, like peeing when you sneeze or run or jump, um, diastasis recti, which is very common and totally normal in pregnancy. It's the separation of the left and right sides of the abdomen right at the line of the six pack abs, which is called the linea alba. And again, it is normal. And now there's more tension being brought to diastasis, um, but it's coming from a place of like fear and, oh my God, my abs, they're never <laughs> gonna come back. And I'm like, okay, we're, not, we're missing the point here. Like it's more about function. We want that fascia to be strong. We want our abs to approximate again, postpartum and our habits, what we do and how we compensate are things that really contribute to symptoms such as diastasis recti, incontinence, and even pelvic organ prolapse. And so there's not a lot of advocacy. And again, like especially in the athletic circle where women are just sort of expected to like have a fit pregnancy and bounce right back and kind of act like nothing ever happened. But like having a baby is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Growing a baby is a big deal. How the baby comes out is a big deal, no matter which way you spin it. Um, mm -hmm. It all requires like a recovery strategy and hopefully you know some whatever we can do in pregnancy to help prevent a lot of these um, women's health issues really so um, piston breathing is like the basics would just be like as the diaphragm descends on inhale the pelvic floor has to relax on exhale the pelvic floor um, 
contracts or recoils and um, that recoil is what gives us stability and gives us strength from the bottom up. So that way we're not just trying to like squeeze and hold and we're really conditioned to suck in our stomachs all the time. We've been doing that, what, since we were like eight, nine mm-hmm. years old as, as girls. Um, and so that actually carries over into pregnancy where even in pregnancy, we're conditioned to suck in our stomach, which is crazy because like mm-hmm. our stomach is doing the exact opposite of that. So balancing the pressure, balancing um, just how we're using our body in space as it continues to change. And then this same strategy is what helps us heal postpartum. So not sucking in our stomachs. Um, honestly, like I tell people, if you can just remember to breathe instead of holding your breath on the little things, like that'll make a big difference. Um, and then a slow and gradual return postpartum, which includes actually rehabbing from birth and mm-hmm. from pregnancy. So that's not just like go back to the gym and do a few Pilates exercises. It's actually going and seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist and it's going and um, doing exercises and getting assessed, making sure that you are um, reintegrating into fitness in a way that's going to allow you to continue to pursue your fitness and if nothing else, be functional for the rest of your life where you're not you know, having to experience symptoms. A lot of women have no idea that, um, like, sneezing and peeing, like, isn't normal, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's just sort of like an accepted part of motherhood, and that's pretty universal, which is which is unfortunate. So I do try to bring some awareness to issues that aren't necessarily talked about as often as they should be. And I really appreciate that. If you guys don't already, I highly recommend you follow Brianna on uh, Instagram and you can tell folks your handle because my yeah, phone is ancient. Uh, it's just Brianna, B-R-I-A-N-N-A um, dot battles, B-A-T-T-L-E-S. Perfect. And you've, you've talked about that in the past too, is I loved it. It was sort of a very uh, kind PSA, but essentially you don't have going to the gym and peeing when you do double unders or sneezing, you know, doesn't that doesn't have to be the way right and it's Uh, actually like it's that's our body saying hey pay attention something's wrong just like if our shoulder was hurting when we were doing push-ups we'd go oh gosh we need to make an adjustment because my shoulder's really bugging me when I'm doing push-ups or whatever like it's the same thing yet we think having a baby this is just part of having a baby but it actually happens to women that haven't had babies and it's all about um, our strategy, our habits, our tendencies, things like that, and pregnancy. Um, sometimes pregnancy and motherhood brings out our weaknesses. It also brings out strengths we never knew existed, mm-hmm. but in other times it can bring out um, things that we were sort of able to compensate for for a really long time, and now we can't completely get away with it because of these structural and hormonal changes. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. So for ladies that are listening right now, you probably have perked some ears if they're thinking, oh gosh, I, I do that. I pee when I do double unders and my coach always told me that was normal because I've had three kids or whatever it is. Right. Who would you recommend they go see? Um, oh. I would suggest seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist in your area and um, they can do an assessment and help teach just like basic strategies. Sometimes it really is as simple as changing how you're breathing, when you're breathing, how you're standing. Um, and like what you're like, again, like, are you sucking in your stomach all the time? If you're sucking in your stomach, you're probably like gripping your pelvic floor. And 
all of that has carryover into then adding impact and fitness um, on top of these four strategies. So it's improving strategies. And then uh, Julie Weeb also has a great online course called the Pelvic Floor Piston. Um, and this is the woman that I was able to mentor under. Um, she's a women's sports medicine physical therapist. So I recommend her program to like everyone because it's just an online course and it's really affordable and um, it at least gives you the basics, the foundations of things to build upon. Um, and so those are my, the two places I usually send people is like a in-person assessment and then um, that online resource through Julie. That's wonderful. And if you're a member of a, of a gym, this, this would be a great program also to recommend your coaches. You know, if you have, if you're close with the owner of the gym or the coaches, you know, recommending that somebody at the gym, at least, at least one coach, one of the full-time coaches go and get certified uh, in a program like this. So we can really help educate, I think, uh, pregnant expectant mothers. Right. That's what I tried to do with creating my course, the pregnancy and postpartum athleticism one, which actually includes Julie's, um, her online course, because we at least need to know that foundation, but then we need to know how to apply the foundation to different movements. And what are we looking for in our athletes when we watch them move? How can we kind of cue them and watch what, what their habits are under a barbell or swinging a kettlebell or running? Like, how can we, what do we know to watch for and look for? And how can we help these women perform better and also heal their body. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. I would love, I mean, I know that it's a buzzword, but I would love it if you would talk a little bit about diastasis recti. Did I even say that correctly? I've never said it out loud. <laughs> um, a diastasis recti. Diastasis recti. It's, it's cool. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, gosh, I read Harry Potter before there were movies, years <laughs> before it. And when the movies finally came out is when I realized I had mispronounced all the words. <laughs> oh, totally. It's okay. Uh, I think like in Australia and um, like the UK, they feel a little different too. So oh, do the, well, know, tomato, just... tomato, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or potato, tomato. So yeah. <laughs> I just said the wrong word. It's um, cool. It's cool. But I would love it if you would touch, I know we're getting close on time, but um, I think just some general, if someone is pregnant right now, things that they could maybe ask their coach to look for in them, or they be more aware of in general. Um, and it is, since it is such a buzz maybe just talk about maybe some of the myths and some of the truths about that kind of separation that's going to have in the stretching of uh, the abdomen in general, and then general healing tips for afterwards. Yeah. So um, I think the biggest thing in pregnancy is to be mindful of our alignment and it doesn't have to be perfect, but trying to keep um, the rib cage stacked over the hips, because a lot of times we go into a posterior pelvic tilt in pregnancy because that's kind of this like a comfy resting position but we want to keep the glutes involved the whole time that we're just walking when we're moving in general how we're standing um, because that's going to keep us in that more stacked position which then reduces the amount of force that's being placed on the linea alba which is that line of the six-pack abs that does separate to accommodate space for the baby mm -hmm. so again super normal so being mindful of um, basically the position of our body, um, trying to stay midfoot and that a lot of times it's really comfy to rock back to our heels and just sort of live in this position where our butt is tucked under and our heels are placed on the ground and then we're squeezing our butt. And then obviously like that has carryover into our pelvic floor. 
Mm-hmm. It also suggests not sucking in your stomach, even though, again, this is it's such a mental thing more so than a physical thing, but we got to connect the two. Um, and then not holding your breath, whether it's bending down to pick up a pencil you dropped on the ground, or it is picking up a barbell, like being able to breathe through, and that reduces the amount of pressure on the abdomen by being able to exhale when you are having to exert force, regardless of the level of force you're exerting. Um, and then, so those are the main things for pregnancy. And just, I guess, knowing that it's super normal and it's nothing to stress out about. It mm-hmm. really isn't. For the majority of women, it is not something to stress out about because there is a ton of hope when it comes to healing and um, people I've heard um, many times that they're like, well, I'll just get surgery or I'll get a tummy tuck, but it's very rarely needed. Um, And it has to be a very severe case for that to be um, the main, I guess, reason for pursuing surgery for that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's rehab and I do suggest doing rehab, even if you don't think that anything is wrong after having the baby, um, even if there's no pelvic health or core symptoms, um, we don't want to create symptoms by going to our mommy boot camp class in the park where they're just running and doing crunches all day, or mm-hmm. they're um, going to CrossFit and throwing the barbell back on us and, um, you know, trying to work our way back to higher numbers and um, signing up and starting to run a marathon in a quest to like lose weight. All of that is really hard on a healing postpartum body. And we wouldn't do any of those things if we had just had um, surgery on our knee, right? Mm -hmm. Like we would take time to rehab and build up to those sort of athletic quests and things like that. Um, So again, this isn't just athletes. This is your very like your everyday mom who just wants to go to um, like, just wants to go to a park workout with fellow moms, like she needs to know that um, just because she doesn't have symptoms at six weeks postpartum doesn't mean that she won't create symptoms at eight months postpartum. Like she has to kind of work back gradually so that her fitness and her health and function can be sustainable. So that really is like an overarching principle for diastasis, but also for her pelvic health too, is just slow and steady. is really the way to reintegrate um, because our fitness will always be there. But this is such a small, small, small chapter in our womanhood and mm-hmm. our athleticism. Like it is so incredibly temporary. And so anytime you feel that desire of like, I just want my abs back. I just want to feel like myself again. I just want to like do this or do that. Like you will always be able to do those things. But you are amount of times that we're pregnant is fairly limited. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, postpartum is just a really, it's a short chapter that can often seem like a really long one, but um, like, I guess taking care of ourselves and our body and our new baby have to be like our main focus because everything else will always be there, but this won't. I love that. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited you came on the show. <laughs> that's wonderful. Wow. That's really great. Okay. And then I'm, I apologize. Cause I lied. Can I ask you one more question before I let of you go? Of course. Yeah. Um, so now I just want to touch on it really briefly because I'd like for folks to hear it from you, but what are your thoughts on women who are relatively active? And I know that 
um, you, I know that you've touched on this online and via social media before, but let's say a lady is active. She finds out she's pregnant and now she's worried. Should she, uh, what should, or the shoulds, I guess, involved in terms of physical fitness, she's a CrossFitter and so on and so forth. Um, cause it's interesting. Everybody's pregnancy journey is different. And how do you really calibrate your compass in terms of what's right for you? Right. This is obviously a super tricky question, but it's the one I get asked the most. So mm-hmm. here is kind of my, um, whenever somebody asks me like, can I keep doing this? Or when should I stop doing this? I want to ask them, well, why are you doing it? Why do you feel like you want to keep doing kipping pull-ups? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to work out until like the baby comes out? Like, what is your reasoning? And, um, and, and of course, I just want to say, like, I get it. I'm also an athlete. I mm-hmm. fully, like, embrace the mindset. And it, it this can be, like, a really challenging chapter on a woman's mindset. But um, a lot of times, it is our ego that is a driving force. And it is our fear of losing our identity and who we are and what we love to do. Or putting it on hold is just scary. And it's such a huge part of our identity. And oftentimes, we're trying to hold on to this stuff during pregnancy and wanting to keep up running and keep up doing like a lot of ballistic movements, um, keep lifting really heavy, things like that. Not necessarily to like prove anything to anybody else, but also just sort of like hold on to something that makes us feel like us. But mm-hmm. here's the thing, like <laughs> this is going to be a whole new version of who we are. Like there is no holding on, you know, like we are, this is a period where we are supposed to evolve. And we were supposed to sort of let go of what was and start transitioning into something that's new. And so it is okay to take a step back. And I actually recommend, um, you know, like we're supposed to sort of deload. That is, pregnancy slows us down. Even if you try not to, like you're still going to be fatigued. You're still going to, um, you're, there's structural changes with your body that are happening anyway. Honor those changes. And that doesn't make you less of an athlete by saying, hey, you know what? Like I'm not going to, do the 400 meter run and I'm not going to do a, I'm not, I'm going to stop doing toes to bar because I know that's not supportive of my core health. And I'm not going to do a lot of impact exercises because I know that's really hard on my pelvic floor that has a baby currently growing on top of it. Like I am going to not really stress about my abs and I'm going to lift weights that are going to um, help me feel strong, but not where I feel like I'm having to exert all the effort that is left in my body right now. Mm-hmm. And so while that is a total, like, you know, there is no one size fits all methodology. And I have coached some really high level athletes and I've coached some moms that honestly want nothing to do with exercise and just want to be able to like be an active mom. Um, it all comes back to our mindset approach during pregnancy being one of um, kind of just honoring the process and not trying to prove anything, whether it's to ourselves or social media, honestly, is a huge player in this conversation. Um, and doing things that are going to support our postpartum health. And I love it. Because that is coming back to pregnancy is very temporary. It really is. And postpartum is forever. And what we do during these chapters has huge implications on our long-term health, wellness, mental health, all of these things. So um, being able to be active and yeah, you can keep doing the same activities, but it's not in the same manner in which you've always done them. That's why we have to incorporate strategy um, 
and modifications that go beyond just like, well, I'm going to do push-ups on my knees instead of full push-ups. It's not about that at all. It mm-hmm. is about changing how we're moving and why we are moving. I love it. I could hug you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Brianna, for coming on the show today. I, oh, you're welcome. I mean, Thank I you for having me. <laughs> of course. I personally got a lot out of it, but I'm sure that listeners are eating it up and telling their friends they have to listen to this episode now. So, uh, Thank you so much. If you don't mind, tell folks one more time where they can find you, your work, if you're, if you're accepting new one-on-one clients. And then of course, if somebody listening is or has a friend who is a coach where they can find information about your coach's program. Yeah. My website is briannabattles.com and that's B-R-I-A-N-N-A-B-A-T-T-L-E-S.com. I'm on social media. Instagram is brianna.battles. And on Facebook, my Facebook page is um, Brianna Battles and then Dash Everyday Battles, which is my uh, strength and conditioning business locally. So um, I do have some online courses that go over um, all the considerations for pregnant and postpartum athletes called Strength Training and Adaptations for the Pregnant and Postpartum Athlete. And then my course for coaches or anybody who really just wants a much deeper understanding of all the considerations for um, for, I guess, advocating and learning about pregnancy and postpartum athleticism. Um, you know, that's, that's the course that I have is pregnancy and postpartum athleticism. <laughs> what a so good name. Real, real creative. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but it gets to the point. So yeah. Um, yeah, those are, I've really had to take a lot of my stuff. Um, I, of course, I do things locally. I give seminars, um, try to go travel to give as many seminars around the U.S. as possible. Um, but a lot of my stuff is now merged to being online so that I can reach as many, many people as possible in a really straightforward manner, because, you know, at the end of the day, like people are going to make their own decisions. I just want them to be able to feel empowered and knowledgeable in those decisions. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the show. My goodness, this was such a real treat. It really was. I really appreciate it. Everybody listening, as always, if you're a familiar listener, you know that you're going to find links to everything that Brianna and I talked about today over at fedandfit.com in the show notes. So if you're driving, uh, no worries. You can pull up the show notes and get direct clicks there. Brianna, thank you so much again for coming on today's show. Everybody else, we'll be back again next week. 